You're listening to the Three Black Dudes at Lunch. Welcome to the Three Black Dudes at Lunch. Look, we already know we got to apologize. We know we have not recorded in, what, three weeks now, two weeks? And we just want to say sorry, but just understand that we're educators, right? So it's been tough, and we're closing out the year. So we've been busy, but we're back with another episode. I think it's going to be a really great conversation today. So if we have gained some new subscribers, some new listeners, welcome once again to Three Black Dudes at Lunch. You are going to like what we're talking about today. So as usual, I have to introduce my co-host, and I'm going to start with the oldest. We call him the professor in because as you're gonna see he always has four questions to every answers and four answers to every question the first third of the three black dudes mike oh welcome back everybody i'm glad you're all still listening and i want to give a shout out to our listener robin for recognizing that i did give these guys a little better grade than i did last time so thank you robin I guess we'll take it right. Yeah. So, speaking of such, I got to go to the middleman in age and thought because we truly never know what side he's going to take. The number two of the three black dudes, Brighton. What's up, everybody? Short and simple. You see that, Mike? And then there's me. I'm the youngest. I'm the visionary. Here to shake shit up and force change. My name is Derek. All right, so, gentlemen. It's been a while. We got to eat. What's on the menu today? Well, what's on the menu today is a good old-fashioned American barbecue meal with apple pie. We got pulled pork barbecue, a side of baked beans, and some lemonade, folks. We're going to have a good old discussion today about... uh, Sounds like diabetes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well. (laughs) Um, uh, We're going to be talking about uh, um, freedom of speech and... um, you know, how are we gonna how do we navigate that? How do we navigate that? Do we need to navigate that? Do we need to monitor that? Do we need to have some possible restrictions on that? Just stuff like that. So we, we got a guest in today to also help us with that discussion because we had some discussions, all three of us, Brighton, Derek, myself had some discussions with our with our guest today about you know, free speech. So we said, Won't you come on in and and tell us a little bit about what, you know, your ideas are about freedom of speech. Um, he's, a, he's a friend of the show. He's a, also a colleague of ours. Um, and he goes by Brian. So we got Brian today. And so, Brian, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for welcoming, Mike. All right. All right. Well, right on. So, uh, Brian, why don't you... Um, well, maybe I'll start. You know, we had some discussions offline, you know, like mm-hmm. on our daily um, interactions with each other. We were talking about... Great conversations. Oh, thank you. And uh, about freedom of speech and some of the things that you said, uh, I personally, uh, I had some questions about, and I thought mm-hmm. our listeners would be interested in hearing my questions because I think some of them share some of those same questions. So you... Let me see if I got it right. So you tell me, you're pretty much what you call described yourself as a free speech absolutist. 
Yes. Right, so tell, tell our listeners what that is, and then we'll come back and have some questions about that. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> so part, part of it is that uh, in a democratic society, I uh, fundamentally believe that um, the solution to speech we don't like is more speech, and that um, if we're willing to have an open and free debate, that uh, the solution to bad ideas is better ideas. Um, that's essentially what it comes down to. And then, uh, you know, relying on, um, you know, the, our, the federal government's interpretation, Supreme Court interpretation of free speech, uh, which includes everything up to uh, inciting, you know, chaos or violence. So, so if, let me see if I can succinct that for our audience, right? So you're saying pretty much just about every form of speech should be free with the exception of directly inciting chaos or violence directly inciting chaos and we had so we asked so you know we talked a little bit and we'll share it with you and i asked you your thoughts about are there any forms of speech that are limited for instance yelling fire in a crowded theater and what was your response there yeah uh yelling fire in a crowded room uh, automatically generates chaos the the gut reaction of uh of people in a room in a crowded room when you're yelling fire is to uh, run for the door it creates chaos so so not absolute but it's yeah so. in in the, in the context of, of our country or western society uh that's about as absolutist as you get which is why uh you'll you'll find most people who label themselves as free speech absolutists uh pretty much will be along the same line of thinking all right so then we got into some various situations and keep Maybe you can clear up some of these. So I was saying, sure. I agree with you. Like, I do agree that I, speech needs, in my opinion, needs to be restricted. Mm-hmm. And I think where you and I disagreed was what will cause chaos, right? Right. All right. So I agree that yelling fire in a crowded theater would cause chaos. Mm-hmm. So my question to you was, Right. Let me let me first by starting saying that. How does that? Or what about? Well, let me just say it this way. Let me start here, and then I'll go down this way. Sure. What about yelling other obscene things, or things that we think will cause chaos in a crowded restaurant? I think, in the same sense that, you know, saying the word fire, uh, when you know when you're talking about building a fire in a room with your friends, um, it, it you know how the word is used, the context and the intent uh, behind the word matters. And, and especially uh, for the example of the word fire, um, yelling fire in a crowded room uh, has a very different connotation than talking about building a campfire. And so you wouldn't, you wouldn't automatically associate one situation using fire with the other situation where you're also using the word fire. So I think we agree the word in and of itself may not be, but it's the context in which the word is used. You're right, saying, the context the si- in which it's used. And the situation in which it's used. So right. fire in a crowded theater would constitute... The, or at least the Supreme Court said it would constitute a creation of chaos. So that's yeah, that's the primary. Okay. I don't know that the Supreme Court came up specifically with uh, that example, right? Uh, but that is the most commonly referred to example, and it, and it lines up with the Supreme Court. Well, how logic do you feel speech. about yelling uh, obscenity in a crowded restaurant to a to a person who is different from someone else? Let me see if it, do you understand my, the nature yeah, of my question? I, I would okay. I would say I would say I would press you on more specifics of the context. Okay, uh, but so I think I know I'm 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 an African American male, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sitting in southern Georgia having 
lunch in a restaurant and somebody and somebody yells the n-word say look at that n right how do you feel about that does that constitute does that does that need to be protected does in other words or restricted Mm -hmm. Uh, well let me start off by saying that and this is extremely important that uh, yelling a racial epithet at someone is inappropriate (laughs) Uh, it's not cool Uh, calling somebody out that you don't have a close relationship with using language that could be perceived as incendiary is not socially acceptable I see that as a separate issue from whether or not saying a word is legally acceptable. Um, and, and the reason why this is important is because if, if you were to say, um, because you agreed that how a word is used and in what context it's used matters, uh, you would have to, in a law, specify a particular type of context in which a word is used, um, and then you'd have to enforce it. And one key facet of any law um, it has to be that it's enforceable, and I, and quite frankly, this would not be enforceable. It'd be tossed out in court immediately, even if it got past the uh, the free speech argument, which would also probably sink any law that specified as such. Um, kind of give you as maybe a D because the first half of your um, answer I didn't think really addressed it, but I think you got to the nature of it in the second half. So you're sure. saying that just a succinct answer to my question mm-hmm. was that yelling the n-word in a crowded theater wouldn't i mean in a crowded restaurant would not you don't think would cause what chaos so i think you, you don't think that that could lead to even though historically that has happened right like we understand that historically that there have been african americans in situations where somebody yelled out and you know, an obscene gesture, and then there was a mob mentality formed from that. So even though it, it may be precedent for that, you don't think that if I'm sitting in a restaurant and somebody says that, that I should not have the right to call the police and they have that person dealt with, right? Even though historically that has created a mob, you know, may have created a mob scene on my behalf. So, <clears throat> I mean, how a person reacts to, and, I, and I, you know, I believe you're talking about the N-word, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how an individual reacts to that word, uh, and you know, I, I can only speak but so much to this, but uh, it depends on that individual. What Do I believe inherently that uh, like all black people would respond to an utterance of the N-word or the N-word being yelled would respond with a mob mentality and violence? No. no I'm, uh, talking about, I'm talking about the white patrons, res- I'm talking about the white patrons responding with, oh, a, oh. with a mob mentality. So in other That's words, critical. Okay. right, okay. Uh, no, I, I, I don't believe that that would create a mob mentality among white people if a white person yelled out the N-word. I but think historically, most of the white that, people would historically probably be that has happened though, right? So like we have had civil rights leaders and people killed because they may have made a, someone's thought that they made a, uh, maybe a sexual advancement or some advancement to someone and some, and then this mob mentality was created because somebody says, "How dare, you know, um, the N word do that?" Right? They didn't necessarily say, "Let's go kick some some N words behind," but that In just a sense, you they kind of riled, to, right? right? They riled up, right? Uh-huh. So you don't think, like, I, from my perspective, mm-hmm. I think in that situation that would create a great deal of unease for me, mm-hmm. right? Because of the history, because history suggests that that is in essence ready to ramp up 
inner feelings from from the white community in mm-hmm. some in, in in some in some parts of the white community. Sure. Now, there 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 are a couple of layers to this onion. I like to use layers of an onion and onion peels quite often as a metaphor. So please excuse me and try not to cry from all of the onion fumes. Um, <laughs> so it, it certainly was the case in the past that ra- racial hatred has been incited. I certainly wouldn't agree or cer- certainly wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I, I don't think you can find many contemporary examples of, of what you're describing where that word is used in a way that incites white people to commit acts of violence as a group against the, uh, I mean, I'm not saying the word isn't used or that it's not used as an epithet or that white people don't use it. Um, but another critical point here. Uh, so you you pointed out how this was you know this happened in the past. Uh, it seemed uh, that you were hearkening back to say like the uh, civil rights era, massive resistance, that sort of period of time. Uh, my question in response would be, why is it that none of the civil rights leaders at that time, including Martin Luther King, were asking to ban words? Well, um, I'm not. I'm not sure if that was the pressing issue at the time. Yeah, I don't know if. Seems every, like it would have been more pressing now. No, 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 because they were. You know, every the movement couldn't take on every issue at the same time. So for them, it was economic. In my opinion, you're asking me to answer the questions. I think they were much more concerned with economic, um, free. You know, uh, movement and also um, movement throughout public facilities. While they, while they fought maybe the N-word and hopefully that gaining economic power and social power, then they, they thought that th- that word could have taken care of itself. But my, my, my you know, so that, that's my answer to that. So while they may not have been directly concerned with that, I do think that through economic and social power, that they thought that they were also taking care of that. That would be my response to that. But you know, just just I, to say that 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 is in the past and that happened in the '60s and '70s. I think I think a lot of uh, from African American people that I know still fear that in many many parts of this country that if they're in a restaurant and somebody yells that word out there, I don't think that they're going to take away from the idea that this could get ugly and get ugly really fast. So uh, I don't know how distant in the past you're thinking about, but I can speak for myself. Um, I don't feel like it's that far in the past. So I, I would hope that as a person that I would have, A, first of all, the liberty of being able to move around this country without being called the N-word, right? And sit in a restaurant without being called the N-word. That's A. And B, um, for me, you know, for many African Americans, we don't, we may not necessarily have the same, same, say, economic power as some groups. Take, for instance, the Jewish community, that may be able to put more economic pressure on a community to stop them from using words that may be derogatory towards that community. So, <clears throat> I think we do have some power, but not, not that same amount of power. Like we can look at. Um, for instance, Bill Maher, these words, you know, who he, he used, you know, so casually. If I could, yeah. uh, could we pause for a moment? Because there's a lot of stuff in what you just said. Yeah, I'd like yeah, to, go ahead, go ahead. I'd like to respond mm-hmm. uh, to some of it. So uh, I want to start off by saying, you know, to the credit of, of the people that did a lot of the civil rights work in the, uh, oh, and step in any time. 
I hope I'm not monopolizing anything. No, you got it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Uh, to their credit, the, the leaders of the civil rights movement in the in the 50s and 60s, um, the the social the social changes, the social shifts that they created, uh, led to, uh, and I mean we could uh, you know maybe this is a point of dispute, but led to a decrease, uh, a vast decrease in the extent to which uh, white people felt comfortable using those words uh, either in public or in private. Uh, and, and I've seen this firsthand even among white, white people that I've heard say racist things, uh, you know, when white people are around other white people and think only other white people are around. Uh, the, in situations where they feel, even in that situation, uncomfortable saying that word. So there's definitely some work done there. There was definitely a lot of progress. I, certainly more needs to be had. Uh, I don't think that... Um, uh, I don't think that a, a, bla a black person's reaction, the way that you described it, would be illogical. I think that would make sense. Uh, but the, the trouble is, is again, imagining what sort of legal structure could could capture that kind of behavior. Uh, any any legislation you could create that would do that would just be quite simply unenforceable. No, it could, and, be, it could be a form of intimidation, right? Like you calling someone calling me an N word. Is intimidating. So what should should it so, be whenever they say it, and it's with an intimidating intent? Well, is I think it would be left up to the person who feels that way, right? So, like in other words, I don't think, and you're part of a community that that may face some some derogatory terms, you know, that could be used as well, right? So, like it would be it, it would be up to you, right? Like if if you came, you shouldn't have to be subjugated, you know, you subjugated to intimidation. Mm -hmm. You know, because you belong to a community, and neither should I. So there's and that, and that's the thing that that's perplexing about like this whole thing about free speech. Like, I shouldn't be subjugated. I should not be subjugated to intimidation. So, what do you right. say about that? Right. Um, so, just to take a step back for a moment, mm -hmm. uh, and and if I don't make it all the way back full circle to to responding to what you just said, please please yeah. let me know. Give me a give me an F or a D. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, the, there was something really troubling in what in what you said, which is that if a person feels a certain way, that should be an impetus uh, to punish someone else. And I would caution that that's also not enforceable because essentially then you're saying anything should be illegal if someone feels offended by it. They, they've tried they're trying this experiment actually right now. This isn't even theoretical. They're trying this in Europe. Uh, they're trying it in uh, Canada specifically in Ontario, but they just are they're trying to pass a new bill. Uh, nationwide in Canada that, that attempts to legislate exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and, and the problem, is, the, again, the problem is, is that it, saying that you're going to ban a word is not enforceable. Uh, should people be free of intimidation? Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find many people who think anybody should have to walk around and, and be intimidated. But what I, what I would caution is that there's no quick, easy fix to this. Yeah, but I'm telling you that yeah. word intimidates me. So now what? Sure. But so, like, I'm telling you that word intimidates me. So, so just so I can interject, like, I, you know, of course, being a black male, I, I have ties to that N-word as well, but I understand what Brian is saying because he's looking at it as a whole. Yes, the African-Americans are uh, intimidated by that word, but then there's a slew of under, other uh, people who identify with other ethnicities, other genders. There's so many words that then... Who is to say that? Oh, African Americans, their their word could be stopped, but we'll we'll keep uh, other words that 
intimidate ladies, that intimidates people who identify with genders that they weren't born as. No, then we'll have a slew of policies and pretty much the government be in full control because there is something that everyone says that intimidates somebody else. I guess my uh, question to it is that, I mean, we have lawmakers, law enforcers, right, and um, law interpreters. Their go their job are is to do basically what we're saying, right, to interpret the law and tell us, hey, is this breaking the law? And if we historically, as any marginalized group, not just black people, right, because there are other groups, as Brighton just said, say that, hey, historically, like, we can see that this has caused harassment or, um, you know, chaos or whatever word we want to attach to it, right? At what point can we, do we, are we allowed to hold those people who, you know, those who do hold those three roles to say, look, like, at what point are you going to interpret the law to, um, to, to support me as, as a marginalized group? Because, I, like I said, I think, uh, Mike is making a good point at the end of the day like nobody should be subjected to um, to in, in, even even in a greater sense fear right like that could put you in a sense of fear right you can fear for your life and and, and then what happens if I do so, do something because I do fear for my life Right. So, or if I'm put in a situation that is unfortunate, then at what point? I'm not saying I'm not saying that we should just regulate free speech, right? I'm saying we have people in in place to do these jobs, right? And at what point? I'm, I guess my question to you is: is that at what point do we say that you know what this this is covered under some law already, or that since it's not covered under a law, like this is covered under you know some small clause within free speech that says, hey, we can't insult mass chaos. But how does that apply to everybody? So like the transsexual, the man, the person who is a male but identifies as a woman, the crossdresser. The, the old person who's intimidated. I'm a workout guy. They have a Planet Fitness because I intimidate other people just talking about working out, and I can't go there. So when, no, how can no. somebody say... But, hey, but, hey but, you don't see that. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak. I, I had to speak up because we are the carry in the, you know, we are the canary in the coal mine. I don't hear as much of the derogatory speech, personally, on TV, in media, by, you know, media personalities all over, talking, you know, using derogatory terms about other communities as much. Now, but because do, you don't now, hear it on do, TV doesn't well, mean they I don't mean, get the right to they, be protected. No, they do. They do get the right to be protected. But I'm just saying we are the canary in the coal mine, and we are the brunt of, the you know, of those things, you know, uh, historically and probably just anecdotally in, in terms of the numbers, right? Like I said, Bill Maher said it just casually on television. I don't think he would, I don't think he would use the F word to describe an LBGTQ person. I don't think, I don't, He's used it. Yeah, but I, and yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> but and this is what but, I think will happen. We'll but, all find reasons why another group but the, shouldn't be protected. Right, but and, it's, and like I say, it's not about feelings. Look, I am not going to be intimidated walking through this. Like you say, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't think I should. And I need fierce. An, and I don't. And I don't think. Well, I'm sorry. I said fierce. I like that. Yeah. But when I say fierce, it just means that I like what you said. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. But I'm and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. And, and I'm. I, and you know, like, and I think you know, Derek hit on it a little bit. Like, it does cause me to, re, you know, to react. Like, if I if if I am if somebody is using the N word, and if I'm carrying you know, like if I'm in the Southern Georgia, and I you know I got a right to carry, you best believe I'm gonna unbuckle my 
you know, un- unbuckle the, the yeah. thing to my, you know, because and it, I, it I, is intimidating. I agree with that. So, so before it gets to that level, but here's, I'm asking, get, but but here's the problem. The law level, doesn't protect you to do that. Though, right, no, right? but I'm right, saying I agree right. with that. But if we're asking policyholders who have constituents that aren't just African-Americans, how do they right, protect all, all their they constituents? They do. They do. They need how to would they do that for the transsexual? Right, how would they do that? Because you can't begin to use derogatory terms towards them either. I agree. But I'm not saying just me. But I'm saying that anybody where we So know, how will we enforce that? That's the question. The point is, like I say, if somebody calls a person and they feel intimidated, they should say, listen, this person here is intimidating me. And then it goes to court to a judge okay. who maybe not okay, identifies then, with you right. who decides. Right. A white well, judge will not identify with you. Okay, well, then that's what we got to check. That's why we need laws in place to protect it. We need some we need some interpretations of the laws and I think that's what he's leading to that says no you cannot just call this person a derogatory name because it's intimidating and it's going to cause chaos and this is what he's saying he wants to protect just like we protect yelling fire in a crowded theater I just want that word instead of fire I want it to be the n word for me the f word for the lbgt community the the you know the yeah. whatever and word for anybody else yeah. why are we protecting fire in a crowded theater but we're not protecting the n word in a crowded restaurant when we think that it's going to cause the same chaos and what I'm hearing and he can correct me if I'm wrong I'm hearing that he said he he feels you on that and understands but the enforcement part is where it comes to play how can you enforce he says socially it shouldn't happen you should feel this way he want no he's saying yeah we need those laws that 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 can like if you hold on i'm gonna stop you mike let's go back yeah (laughs) let's go back to brian and let's get him to clarify exactly what he's saying right so we don't have this confusion right exactly in this in this sense yeah i uh to a certain point after after so many points are made i'm gonna have trouble keeping up with responding to to all of them but i'll do my best uh, so, so first of all, the, there, there definitely is no legal structure in place to protect people from a word. So that would require uh, some qu- new legislation. You, the likelihood that uh, the federal government is going to interpret freedom of speech to include uh, perceived harassment uh, is, or, or perceived, like if, if someone feels uncomfortable with the usage of a word uh, is, is just highly unlikely. Um, and, and, and I'll go back to the enforcement issue. <clears throat> Um, yes, we have police. Uh, what essentially you'd be asking for is, say, we'd have to triple or quadruple or, or increase by a factor of 10 the number of police because you, people say words that offend other people all the time. Uh, you're essentially arguing for a police state uh, when you argue that we should have enforcers uh, at the ready waiting for someone to say they're offended by a word. Not uh, offended. So no, 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 not no, offended. No, 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 no. Intimidated. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking for police to protect me in my fear, right? And if that word historically incites the fear in me, right? Like, and currently I'm not being protected from that. And I think that's the problem, right? right. And and, and like I said, I don't want to just keep it to the N word, right? Like as Brighton has uh, uh, said many times, right? That there are other marginalized groups that we need to uh, address as well, right? But Mike makes a great point, right? Like nobody, no (laughs) marginalized group in America has a more um, negative uh, relationship with America than black people, right? And the problem with me, the problem I have with that is that to, to say that we are not a focus is a problem, right? We we do need to be a focus because there is no other group that still has that strong historical connection to um, 
uh, uh, the negative traits. But that you still have to address everybody because say we have a woman, we do, we do a it. woman's there, and they're being historically intimidated yes. now. I mean, you're just saying f them because we got to worry about them. They should not be intimidated Look, too. See, so I'm about when, to turn it. I'm about to turn so, into a professor now because so, you're not listening. No, you get an f for listening, and, right? No, because you I said that, but you, you said you should focus on blacks, <laughs> and no, you have no solutions. No, that's like saying no. stop homelessness, but I don't know how to do it. No, that's not what I'm saying. See, no. f. Yeah. All right, I got you, Mike. Thank you. you appreciate it. <laughs> Look, nah, because you said we should focus on black. We should focus on all no, mankind. We are focusing to, to, to be, on to be, everyone. To be, to be clear, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with focusing on racial injustice or that focusing on racial injustice precludes us from being able to focus on justice for women or justice for gays or, or any other group that uh, or individual who feels marginalized by their identity by somebody else like that. I don't think that's the argument here. Um, but but I do want to go back. There there are at least three or four other things that have already been said that I'd like to address. <laughs> so I, I want I want to go back to uh, you mentioned fear. Um, nobody nobody is protected from fear. Uh, and to give you an example of why this doesn't work, uh, I'll use the word terror. Terror is another thing that people fear. Uh, or uh, that people feel. Uh, terror honestly has probably a worse connotation than fear, right? Uh, if you feel terror. Um, so let's go back to how that worked when we had a war on terror, uh, where uh, the, the notion that we, that we could have a government act against a feeling or an emotion. Um, that they use this as a precursor for uh, over-the-top government action, blank checks for defense contractors, uh, and a war that killed upwards of half a million people. Like, these justifications are never used in a way that uh, doesn't lead to destruction, disaster, and death. Um, and we could talk about some other examples like the Soviet Union or communist China as well. Uh, but. Uh, the usage of a word in and of itself does not constitute harassment. Uh, and to give you an example of this, um, if I were to say, uh, and, and I'm just going to say it because this is me, uh, uh, you know, if, if someone were to call me a faggot uh, and it's a close friend of mine and I have a good relationship with them and I understand that they're using the term as, uh, as um, a term of endearment, which does exist, does happen, it happens in my life. I'm not talking about a theoretical construct here. Um, and I understand that that's how it's being used. That does not bother me. I've also experienced situations where I've been on the street doing something that someone, I guess, classified as, as gay and I've had that yelled at me. And how I feel about that is, is very different. Uh, and, and so, Usage of a word in and of itself doesn't constitute anything. Uh, how a word is used, when it's used, all of that matters. Uh, and, and the notion that people will be more protected by banning a word when banning a word in and of itself uh, doesn't serve any purpose, or nor does it, uh, I mean, you'd, you'd have people who are not white being punished because they use the word, or are you saying there should be a law that only applies to white people? No, but we're talking about the same way you use the word fire in a crowded theater. Like, we're not, the word fire is not banned. We're not talking about everyone who ever used the N-word get locked up. We're talking about in certain situations, just like we protect the word fire in a crowded theater, we're saying, look, protect me as a minority. In certain in situations, situations, right? Not, like we, not, just like how we do right, fire, right? Right. right. Yeah. So somebody can say, "Yeah, I yell fire at a in a crowded theater." If they're singing a song, we're not going to go and arrest that person, right? If they're singing a song, right? But if they're in a crowded theater and they yell the word fire, then it becomes a problem. So we're not, and so we're saying the same yeah. thing for the so, N word. Right. So and and to quickly, what I want to say on that is, and this is what I was talking about: those three roles, right? The enforcer, the creator, and the interpreter, right? The law currently allows those three people to determine if you yell fire in a certain situation, whether you broke a law. 
the law does not currently allow those three people to determine if you say nigga, you know, in, in some situation, uh, if, is, is that breaking the law, right? Like it's not allowed to yet. And that's what I'm saying I feel like needs to be changed, right? Um, I'm not saying you ban the word. I'm saying that we need to give those people who we do, you know, who do get jobs that we do elect in some situations to be able to do their job, even on the word, even on these derogatory terms as well. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you um, on that one. Uh, what, I'll, what I'll say is that, uh, and, I've, and I've said this before, I said this before, but it was in a somewhat different context. You get an A for changing your mind. Good. Uh, I didn't change my mind. <laughs> uh, I and we didn't get an answer speech. to that question about is it only for whites from the Simmons. He doesn't want to ban. It's it's a non-issue because he doesn't want to ban the word. So once he said that he doesn't want to ban the word, that's no longer an issue. Um, Speech that incites violence is already illegal. Uh, So if if the if the N word is used in such a way that it incites violence, that is already illegal. The question then becomes not what laws do we need, but how do we make sure the laws are equally enforced? And this has always been a problem for people of color in this country that the laws already on the books are not enforced. But that's a fundamentally different conversation from saying that, no, actually, I'm not protected by this law, when in fact, you're, you're just not protected by the people enforcing I, it. I, I, uh, I, I fear that you just say that, but you don't, you don't truly believe that. What do you mean? Like, I don't, I, I don't believe you think the N-word should be protected if it incites violence. Because if, if, if Bill Maher, for instance, used the N-word and people went down there to, like, you know, smash the windows, you're not going to say... We need to get Bill Maher for using that word. So it's so, so that's why I say I don't know if I totally think you believe that. Yeah, I don't think that that situation qualifies. See, uh, I'm glad I'm you saying. pointed and that see, out. And, and can see, I explain me, why? Yeah, but let me just say this. Yeah, you can. But that's the problem with law in, in the black community, in my opinion. Who gets to determine that? And that's, and that's why I think we need to have, like some, you know, I think that's why people are pushing hard. Some civil rights leaders are pushing hard, Al Sharpton and others. And through that, you know, National Action Network, the NAACP has called for the, for the, uh, for the um, cremation or the burial of the N-word. So these civil rights movements um, leaders are calling for those things. And it's because now you're saying, okay, you don't qualify for that. Yeah, he used it, and it did incite people to go down and, and get upset. But nah, he's not to blame. You're the blame. The problem, See? no, Mm-mm. I don't, I don't agree. I don't, I don't agree with that I'm characterization. Not, uh, nor, nor, nor do I profess the beliefs that you just described. I just want to make that clear. Uh, so, the <clears throat> when I say inci- when we say inciting violence, and you know, maybe there are some Supreme Court experts who could better elaborate on this than me. That is not the same thing as a meditated response. Okay, when you yell fire in a crowded room. That the response is not meditated. Uh, if if someone like Bill Maher says the N-word and then a group of people decide to get together and go and mob his office, that is a meditated act. Those two actions are different, and it's not because it's not because one uh, one potential victim is is one type of person and one potential victim is another. It's because that that kind of behavior from anyone would be seen as meditated and thus not uh, part of an incitement of violence. If you consider uh, any person's hold on a second though, because let's extend that. Let's take that logic and extend it further. Okay, so if I say uh, if I say I don't I don't like the way you use this word, so I'm going to get a mob together and I'm going to incite violence. Uh, because I've incited violence, that means that the way that the word was used should uh, should be either um, 
legally punished or whatever. Anybody can say that any time. There's no limit to it. Uh, and and <laughs> again, not enforceable. Oh, no, that's not true. Because like you say, I agree with Simmons. You got to look at the historical context of it. You're right. If somebody yells, uh, you know, some word that just doesn't have historical context, but we understand. That. Oh, it like, could. No, but I'm saying. I'm not like, saying that. I, and whatever. I would, and I wouldn't say it if I know if I know it's going to cause some unease and possibly some fear, like he says, or yeah, some. Yeah, that's just being of polite. It, of, yeah, but it also needs to. But did I incite it? Like at some point, if like I told you, if I were you, I wouldn't go into certain parts of a city and use the N-word. Like, you know it's going to incite violence. Oh, so, I mean, you probably wouldn't catch me using right, it in any context. Well, but I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying. But, that's, but my point that's my being personal preference. is, like, I would say, no, you, you did that. You caused that, right? You went into a place because we know the history of the word and we know what, it, what, what kind of feelings it's going to conjure up. So, no, we can't. You, you're trying to make it seem like, oh, if we do that, then we can ban the word cup because that may offend somebody. No, cup doesn't have the historical sen- you know, sentiment. I'll use cup just because it's the first so, thing I saw. But I'm saying we know it doesn't have the, 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 the same historical meaning. So, my, so nobody's saying we need to go around and just ban every word. But what about on. the B word? I've never met a female that didn't get crazy in a group or solo if she was called the B word. I think in certain situations, if they walked into a certain situation, that it, and they, it's going in, and they people know that it's going to cause a sense of intimidation. Then I think that person needs to be protected. So this is my point. See, th- I'm not you. You're, you're quarter. I think what you're saying is you want to protect. You know, you want to include everybody. I'm not opposed to including everybody. I'm just. I'm, I'm also. I'm also saying though that African Americans have caught the brunt of this. Yeah, That's I'm all saying I'm how saying. do we enforce it? And we it always for include other people in our struggle, and other people don't include us in their struggle. So sometimes we need to speak up. You know what I'm saying? Just for, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I mean, everybody needs to be protected, but we so busy trying to include other people in us and other people get the benefits of that and then we're left still, right, still receiving so, the brunt of it. That's all I'm saying. So so your, your argument illustrates my point and then also Brighton's response, which is instructive, uh, that there really is no limit to this. Uh, when, you, when you say that this is the logic that you want to use, okay, let's talk about women in the B word or the C word. Let's talk about gays in the F word. And I'm not diminishing in saying this. I am in no way, shape, or form diminishing the history of black people in this country or trying to even compare, like I, I, I've already said to all of you offline that I, like I don't think it's productive to compare uh, the the plight of different marginalized groups. Uh, that that is a uh, a source of, of infighting and just and just causes further discord and doesn't lead to anybody being more free or having more liberty than it, than they did before. So I'm definitely not interested in that. Nor should what I'm saying be taken to diminish uh, the notion that Black people haven't had. Uh, a terrible history uh, in the United States. Look, I, I, at the end of the day, I'll still say this, right? And and this is how I'm going to end my my idea of this. And I think still that it comes back to if you think there is no limit, okay? If you say there is no limit to this, then that still tells me you're not allowing the people that we elected and the people that we trust to, like I said, interpret our laws, enforce our laws, and create our laws to do their job. Simple as that. Right. If you feel like there's no limit, we elected these people to do that, then they create the limits. Right. But I do believe that derogatory terms should be somewhere within that limit. And it's up to them to define what they you know, at a certain point, what do they define as what's not a derogatory term? Right. Like you can't be like, oh, I hate hot dogs. Right. We, we, we understand that. Right. But you trust but the government to do that. You said what? You trust the government to do that. I don't. 
I, I don't have who who else can I trust, right? I mean, who 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 else do I have? I don't have anybody else, unfortunately, right now, right? Like I had, I, 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 I think everybody can understand this as as black people, sure right? We can't trust we, the uh, for the most George. part, right. we don't. You, I, I I agree with you, but we don't have a lot of people on our side, right? So it's it, the reality is is that we don't or we don't feel like we have a lot of people on our side, right? So the reality is is that. For the most part, the government is our last resort, right? And and I know that's a shitty last resort. Sometimes, right? Not Sometimes, sometime. but it is they our us civil rights it, laws, right? They right. brought they brought some positive things. I'm not going to be that deaf on the government, right? We right. relied on them to change civil rights laws, segregation laws, and other laws. Agree, agree. So let me let me change my sentiment that I don't I don't. But for, for, but it, it it is our last resort, and we and I think as. A, a marginalized group and with the other marginalized groups I do think we do rely on the government to protect us from the 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 ruling culture all right but yeah yeah the rich rely on them too everyone relies on the government too the that's why especially. yeah yeah the lobbyists that's why they have lobbies right so it's yeah. nothing wrong with us wanting the government to protect things that are going to cause us to be to express discomfort and I'm not excluding any marginalized group I'm just saying that I understand that that all marginalized groups could be included but at a certain point like I do I feel like sometimes we need we are the canary in the coal mine so if we get it the other ones will get it too all right y'all hold on I gotta cut y'all off because you know yeah it's been too long so it's time to get the check we gotta cut the check so one last question all right robust conversation one last question all right well, do do we have one last question? No. No, I don't. I don't have a last question, but I just wanted to clear up. Um, I definitely uh, feel like we should have some protection. Um, only reason I bring up other people is because I feel like if we do get it, then everybody else will get it, and I feel that world—that world where someone can say they're intimidated by a 280-pound black man because I said something or incited something—and a white cop who comes up is left to determine whether or not it was illegal or not. So I fear that. So I'm about to enforce it. If they can enforce it, if they can do all the stuff that Derek believes the government can do, I'm all for it. But I fear that the government and the system that has locked up African Americans historically will find a way to shed the wealth and then continue to lock us up. I I do think it's ironic that you find that uh, scary from an authoritative and a racial level, but I just I just want to throw that out there, right? That as a you had to say a black man and a white cop, right? So <laughs> you've already defined that still as a black man, you're still scared in this world. So yeah, yeah. I so know. I think so. I think that even says yeah. I think even that says that there. You may not agree with what we're saying is being done, but something needs to be done. Yeah. Um, so any last words? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a great segue. Uh, I agree. Something needs to be done. Uh, all of us need to think very carefully about uh, how we each individually contribute to getting rid of injustice that anybody faces anywhere, anytime, any place. It is our duty and our responsibility as Americans to do that. Now, the, my, the last thing I want to say, uh, you know, I want your listeners to very carefully reflect on what kind of world we would create with this logic, because I have a feeling that if you follow this logic down the rabbit hole, it'll create a society that not even you want to live in. Mike, last words? Um, yeah, What's our grades? Uh, right, right. <laughs> it's finals. Uh, um, um, 
Brighton, you you were teetering on a D, man. I think I'm gonna give you this. That's C. passive, <laughs> baby. No, but I was giving. I'm gonna give you a C because <laughs> you that last paragraph helped you out there. I swear, um, Derek. Wikipedia. I give, you, I give you a strong A because I think we agree, and um, you know we're not gonna grade our guest. Um, oh, you don't you don't have to shield me. You say uh, you know. I mean, I get. I, get, me. I, I have I, respect for you, so I your get, opinion I, matters to no, me. No, I, I thank you. I'll give you a C, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I, um, a C because, and I'm going to wrap this up quick, because I do think your heart is in the right place, but I, I, but I can't give you anything higher than that because I, because I personally believe that you're not, you know, I don't think you, in my personal opinion, fully understand the intimidation factor and the fear factor that yelling certain words to affected groups, because I, oh, I do think, let me just stop there. You may understand, but you're not fully embracing it. So I'll give you a C. All right, so it's a good conversation, gentlemen. If well, hold on. First of all, I gotta give our guest a chance to plug himself. Right, he got he has his own uh, uh, podcasty kind of. I don't know what to call it. Right, like a little <laughs> little conversation piece. So I'm gonna let him plug himself, and then I'm gonna plug us, of course. Sure. So uh, I have started a blog. Uh, it has a few pieces of content on it. It's not uh, super well developed yet. I'm still working on uh, how, to, how to figure out how I want to express myself, but uh, you can find uh, my first entries and, and my background statement videos, etc., at postleft.net. That's P-O-S-T-L-E-F-T dot net. And uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at postleft1. Uh, and uh, I look forward to continuing these kinds of conversations. Uh, you know, it, big problem in this country is having a conversation across difference. And right here, this right now, is exactly what we need. Once again, Brian, I know from uh, the three black dudes, we thank you for coming on and, you know, answering our questions. And, you know, we were coming at you a little bit, but you, you <laughs> stayed poised and you, and you answered them and you allowed us to have a good, you know, good conversation. Man, if... You have something to say, comment. You know, you want to, you know, put in 140 characters and let us know what you think. We can, you can hit us up at Twitter at 3BD Podcast. That's the number three, the letter B, the letter D Podcast. Also, we're also all three of the Black dudes are on Twitter at 3BD Derek D E R R I C K at 3BD Michael M I C H A E L and at 3BD Brighton B R I G H t-o-n please make sure you subscribe on itunes and google play music rate us give us a little shout out say something about the show right we need that we need that to gain popularity wow we had to have this long of a conversation because we ain't had an episode in two weeks but i guess we out now gentlemen thanks for listening all right all right later deuces <laughs>